This podcast may contain explicit content. Well, welcome to TJ Talks. I am Judd, and with me is... I'm Teresa. Hey, how is it going? Everything's good, Judd. How are you? I am doing great. I'm glad to hear it. My God. You know, you look hot. You look sexy. <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean. And are you promising that if I'm hot and sexy, I can van my job? Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I might be able to help you out with uh, employment opportunities. Well, but, why would that be? Are you harassing me? Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. This is my goal in life to actually get sexually harassed at work. And no one will do it. So sadly, I'm left alone endeavor, but oh well. Yes, today on the podcast, our topic is sexual harassment. And you know the joke, right? It's not two words. It's not two words? Yeah, right. Harass is not two words. (laughs) (laughs) I've always heard that you can't harass the willing. You can't. So this is why I can't be sexually harassed, I guess. (laughs) Well, you know, we're going to, the reason we're talking about it, because it is kind of a current events oriented uh, topic and we, but there, it, sexual harassment is something important to talk about. Um, right. You know whether it's uh, currently like Herman Cain or some of the other high-profile cases that we're going to talk about. Uh, sexual harassment is something that really shouldn't happen to anybody. You shouldn't have to go through that process and feel like you know your your job is at jeopardy unless you put out. Right. What is the definition of it? Intimidation or bullying or coercion of a sexual nature or an inappropriate promise of a reward for sexual favors. So, yeah. Which is known as quid pro quo. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which, you know, we all have that old image of the 1950s and 60s secretary being chased around the desk or whatever. And I guess you think of those images, it's fairly harmless in that context because it's cute or it's funny or in, in movies like that where a boss was coming on to his secretary they would always end up eventually getting together and being married and you know living happily ever after and in this Herman Cain case and the cases that we're going to talk about today that's certainly not what happened and definitely an issue and then of course it's all breaking right now that whole Penn State football thing is a little crazy and although it's a little bit up, it's just downright sexual abuse not necessarily harassment just feels like there's a lot of this going on in the current day yeah i mean i remember the movie american beauty i don't know if you remember seeing that with yes kevin Ke- spacey, right right and yeah. you, you know it's kevin spacey who gets sexually harassed by the interviewer or at least he makes that claim uh-huh yeah so it's in that case it's male-to-male sexual harassment and the guy says you know i believe it or Kevin Spacey says, I believe you've asked me to, you know, perform fellatio on you. Mm-hmm. And, and then after that, he left with a box with all of his stuff and a big check for whatever it was in his hand. Right. <laughs> and that was the end of that. I think, <clears throat> you know, people that are afraid to talk about it, well, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later, that you shouldn't be afraid to talk about it, although so many wrongful cases have been brought fours, I think. We're all now it's like 
the boy who cried wolf, right? Oh, yeah, right, you were sexually harassed. There isn't so much validity given to victims in this this state now. You know, I think that's not fair. But talking about the Herman Cain thing, okay, so how many women now? Five or nine? Nine? Uh, I, I don't know. No, I think, I I think it was four, <laughs> reported up to four, but two of the, the victims have been either outed or or by name have come forward or something of that nature. Something. And they've disclosed that they got their settlements, right? Yes. And and so we don't know how much they settled for, but we have to assume it's a chunk of money. Uh, I hear it wasn't that much. I hear it was like less than a than a year's pay of their yeah, pay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 60 grand, 70 grand, something like that. Well, less than that even, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, for women, of course, they take less, right? So it's cheaper to pay them off. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um. And do you think that if you were in his situation or in a situation where someone was accusing you of this and you hadn't done it, would you settle it? Would somebody go away? Would you stand your ground? Like I don't know as a man how you win the fight without losing your reputation. I don't know as a woman how you win that fight without losing your reputation. What, what do you think you would do? Hmm. That's a good question. I think that you – I think if you didn't do it, you pretty much have to stand your ground, but it sounds to me like with the massive numbers and massive numbers being four, um, that that seems like it just it's an admission of something. But right. But I mean, I don't know all the particulars about what he did and what is the definition under his situation. Right. Well, the one woman who did not get a settlement but who's now being represented by Gloria Allred, that horrible person. Uh Um, I just, I don't enjoy her. But anyway, this woman is talking about what he did specifically with her. And he was in a car with her, hand on on her leg, and then started moving up towards her genital area. And bottom line, she had come to see him because she wanted a job. And apparently he said to her, you want a job, right? So... It was one of those things where it was going to be a tit-for-tat, quid-pro-quo thing. And and she didn't say anything about it at the time. She didn't make her statement then. And I think that's that's a problem. I think if you had really felt harassed, and mind you, this was back in 1993, I believe. So, you know, that's a long time ago. And definitely, if you're going to make your statement should have made it then. I don't know what it it does to do that now. Yes, it shows more evidence to the fact that he's probably a bit of a slander or harasser, but why didn't she say something then? That's what I don't understand. And that's the problem. Witnesses lose credibility when they hang on to their stories. Mm, No, I don't think so. I don't think they do. I think that what it shows is that they were really scared or they felt that uh, no one would take them seriously. There's a lot of reasons that you wouldn't. You know, you want another, you want a job in this town, and you accuse me. You better be ready to go all the way. Right, and I get that when you're up against somebody with more money and power than you. Right. I get it. I just feel like doing the right thing though would, would mandate that you say something, or at least in that moment in that car. Could have grabbed his nutsack and twisted the hell out of it and said, Don't you fucking touch me. You know what I mean? So I think that she could have handled the situation literally better and might put a stop to him ever doing that to someone else again. She didn't necessarily have to come out, you're right, in public and say, 
you know, this is what happened to me, because you, she would have been committing career suicide. But she could have, in no certain terms, let him know that she doesn't play that game, she doesn't appreciate him playing that game, and handled her own business. That's just me. Now, of course, she's in a car with him. He's driving. There's, you know, there's a power of control situation, which most sexual crimes are about, right? Power and control. So I understand her hesitation to do that, but I definitely feel like as women, we should all take that stuff more seriously and learn how to stick up for ourselves and defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be violent, and she didn't have to cause him serious physical damage. She could have sent him another notice that would have put it into it. Right. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's still tough to say. I mean, I, I mean, we don't know that person in their situation, but but I don't think that we should say that their their claims were invalidated because they waited time. Hmm. Yeah, I just wish you'd have said something then. Then we wouldn't hopefully even have him as a candidate. <laughs> We wouldn't be dealing with this. No, but, you know, I mean, of course, if you're a, you know, if you're a Democrat, this is great because what it does is it just creates more angst around all these different candidates and shows that the way that they will do business is if you're a woman, you're not going to get a fair shake with this particular, um, with this particular candidate. Okay. So here's another question for you then. Do you think that if he's in a business situation or, or any typical sexual harasser, and I'm lumping everyone into this group now. Yeah. Do you think that people can misbehave like that, but yet still be competent at their work in other areas? Or do you think that that taints their entire ability to do their job? I I think men are generally speaking um, that way. They just put themselves in check. I mean, that's the honest truth. And I think lots of people, we all put ourselves in check, whether it's sexual harassment or, uh, you know, prejudice and things like that. You know, people just, we put our, we put ourselves in check. We say, we say, you know, that is not appropriate behavior and I'm not going to behave that way. But if I didn't have to worry about it, what would I do? And if I can get away with certain things, maybe I will. And if she hadn't been an attractive woman, would he have been in check more. That's true. Or, One would assume, right? Like it was probably her attractiveness that that made him misbehave. And that's not her fault. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying. Oh, no. The reason he misbehaved was because he's just a, a pervy guy who thinks, <laughs> who has a lot of money, who thinks he can get away with crap. Okay, so that's true. I think a lot of people of power and position definitely have that. But this is not a class a problem. It's like it happens in every socioeconomic demographic class, right? It happens working at freaking Burger King. I, you know, I got told you have a nice smile, so you'll never have to work a grill, honey, which thrilled me at the time I was 16. But I mean, this is not okay, right? Well, it isn't okay. But I mean, I look at the Navy and I listen to these boards and stuff and the submarine program has never had women in it. Now, all of a sudden, they're they're going to put women on submarines. They're getting ready to go and, and actually assign them to full-time duty out at sea on a submarine. And I can tell you that there's lots of guys who want to keep it the old boys network, the old boys club. Old boys network because it's easier to work with men 
and because women are a distraction or because they're misogynistic or what what is that all about I think it's a lot of everything. I think that guys on submarines like to sexually harass other guys, and you can get away with it. Okay. And so I, you can't have that fraternization when there's women mixed in. Um, you can't have the kind of play, I don't yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah. It, because guys will say things that to other guys, and it won't hurt another guy's feelings. And you know what? Even if it does, and you can and pick at them and pick at them, then then e- it's even more fun. That, that is the whole premise of... Whipping the knife and then pouring the salt in that's is right. the fun part, right? That's, that's right. And, uh, and every guy, once they find out your little soft spot, they will go after it and just... <laughs> until, until they go. And then you introduce women into that situation and you go, well, now all these guys have to change their behavior. And you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, they shouldn't have been doing that other stuff in the first place. But the whole thing is, the pre- and this is the belief system behind it, is that there's an, a certain amount of stress when you're locked up in a tube for you know, anywhere between 70 to 90 days at a time uh-huh. without seeing any sunlight and getting uh, letters from your, you know, your loved ones and things like that. And so you, you want these people to snap before... It becomes a real problem. <laughs> yeah, they need those outlets. They need that craziness in order to be able to handle their day-to-day job, which is so intense, so high stress, and and important. So I get it. And I wonder, I don't know, I, I think that in every field that has been predominantly male-dominated, that when women come in, you know, the famous case was the North Carolina miners those women were sexually harassed so badly when they became minors. And and I'm sure lots of people said, well, then don't go down as minors. If you can't deal with it, don't go down there. Mm-hmm. But in order to move forward and progress as a society that values women and values women working now, because so many more women, what, 70% of women are working, that we're going to have to evolve and men are going to have to change. And women are going to have to toughen up, too. I'm not saying that we have to just go in there and, you know, have everything our way. But I think it's going to have to bring some behavioral change. Yeah, yeah. It's not fun, but, you know. Uh, you meet somewhere in the middle of all this. Um, but, I mean, you look at submarines and, and to make the, say, the claim that you can um, harass in general, such as hazing. Right. And hazing's wrong. And, you know, I, I could not sit here and tell you that I believe that that's a rite of passage and that everybody should, uh, should you know, just suck it up, get hazed, because that's not the way that it's a, that's not what the Navy's about anyways. It's still a professional job. So where's the balance? Right. Mm. Yeah, there is no, there, that's a fine line, because when you're dealing with history and established tradition, right or wrong, it's hard to change it. Uh-huh. So it feels like the hazing, yeah, should it be physically degrading or, you know, no, of course not. But, but it is, right? And I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a lot of different things. And there's things that women have been involved in within the hazing community of the military, of the Navy, such as uh, you pro- maybe you've heard about this. They have this thing where you cross the equator and you go through a ceremony. I have heard a little bit about it, but I don't know much about it. So what's that whole deal? Yeah, well, they do all sorts of craziness where you know, they, um, you know, paint paint you up and make you go through uh, garbage, and then you have to like uh, lick a 
uh, an olive out of some big fat guy's stomach and, <laughs> and, and yeah and, and he's dressed up as king neptune or something like that you go from being a uh uh what is it a polywog to, or something like that it, it's 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 the uh crossing the equator deal ceremony oh ceremony. interesting yeah. okay all right all so, right but but guys and girls they both do it i mean and everybody does it and it's not even a us navy deal it's a, every navy does it has it's a just cer- what happens, right? It's just yeah. what ha- it's. It's one of the. In fact, it's one of those things that you could be a sailor in any navy, even if you're opposed to the, you know, enemies. They yeah. all, they all do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, that's interesting. That one, uh, you yeah. know, ritual that's shared cross culturally yeah, around the world. It, it, everybody it, shares it. Yeah, they've they've all kind of you know uh, shared it with each other, and then eventually it's so widespread among mariners that that's what they do. Well, folklore and, and things like that, and superstition especially, and the Navy area is pretty intense. Oh, so, yeah. Now, obviously, you've crossed the equator when you're in the Navy, right? No. I no? no? Oh, no. you're olive-free. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah, no olive for me. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess not. All right. Uh, well, boy. speaking of the Navy, then, let's talk about the tail hook scandal, right? Yeah. You know, I was there in the Navy, on active duty when it happened. And if anything that the tailhook did for me, it was to make me more scared of women than I could possibly be in my life. And I and I think that part of what the deal is with women in the Navy, uh, specifically um, in relationship to that, is this tailhook thing. Mm-hmm. Because they basically told this community... Uh, and we had no women on submarines, but they stood us down. And they said, "If you look at a woman, you're going to jail." Oh, jeez, <laughs> you know, that's the appropriate response. You know, don't talk to them, don't look at them. You know, barely interact with them if you have to, and if you if you do, make sure there's witnesses around. You know, it's oh, a, it's a scary time to be a man in the Navy because everyone's losing their careers. Okay, so, all right, reading a little bit about the scout, because it was back in 1992, essentially, right? So right. you were in the Navy how many years at that point? Uh, four. Four years in. All yeah. right. And good old Secretary of Defense at the time was Dick Cheney. I didn't realize that until I read the history here. Yeah. And 92, isn't that Clinton? Uh, let's see. No, that was isn't George Bush. Is that first Bush? Okay, never mind. I mean, it could, Clinton, yeah. It Clinton could, came in 94 or something? I don't know. No, I think, uh, I think you're right that... Um, didn't he, he was uh, just getting elected. Is that right? 92? That must be it. It doesn't have the specific dates, but it does say that Mm. Cheney was secretary of defense. And the woman who brought the charges out, Paula Pupolo or Puapolo, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. Uh Apparently is quoted as as saying to her, because of your complaint, I had to remove secretary of the Navy. So her complaint wasn't just a minor little, Oh, somebody grabbed my boob. Um, she had to walk through 200 intoxicated guys, grabbed her, pinched her, passed her along, dropped her to the ground. I mean, it was pretty intense. I'm not saying that the Secretary of the Navy was responsible for that line of people causing her all that physical harm, but it was a big deal. And also an attitude permeated that women in the military were sort of second class, right? Well, you know, that's a kind of an odd thing, because I don't know that much about it, that specifics, huh? but I do know this. First off, it took place in the Las Vegas Hotel. It was a private a convention that was not specifically 
spa, um, sanctioned by the Navy. It was like it, it was kind of like an affiliated organization with the. Well, Navy. they're the top gun guys. They're all the naval aviators. That's right. So was, they weren't even regular seamen, right? Oh yeah, now these are officers. We're not even talking about yeah. guys like you know enlisted people like me. You, no, know. you, you weren't part of the two hundred. No, no, <laughs> no. But but I've heard that they were grabbing everybody. Got grabbed that walked down the hallway. Correct. There were more than just her, I believe. But she was the one who brought it to. No, I mean guys and girls got. Groped oh, it was multi-gender. Yeah, oh, it, okay. Uh, Doesn't say that here. So, I've, heard, right. I've heard that. Although I don't know necessarily that they were. Maybe they were punching guys and they were, you know, squeezing well, it girls. Like it was probably just a melee anyway. Uh, but I, yeah. You know, I, I don't know that, like I said, that, but it, it, either way, though, if you didn't want to be involved in that, um, well, really, realistically, a professional organization filled with officers in a community like this, that shouldn't be part of what their play is. Okay. You know, they're out of college. You know, these are not college kids yeah. anymore. They right. are graduated long beyond. And they right. and they brought very bad attention to themselves. Well, I think the problem was because she complained and her boss said to her, Well, that's what you get when you go to the hallway full of drunk aviators. And apparently he told her that she was he was gonna address the problem and then he didn't. So that's when she went public. So, uh, you know, here again, and, and my earlier argument that she should stand up for herself and take care of business on her own, that's not necessarily going to be able to happen in this situation because she couldn't have done that. But if, if he said he was going to address the problem and then didn't, then I think it's the right to complain. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think that it was the right thing that the Navy needed to do. The Navy needed that course correction. Well, it sounds like they needed the course correction, but what did they do to you guys out in the field? They told you, don't even look at a woman, you're going to lose your career. I mean, they didn't modulate any of what their reactions were. Yeah. So it does seem like from her extreme of that experience to the extreme you received of don't blink twice at a gal, otherwise you're going to get in trouble, just seems like there's such a great divide there. And anyone learn anything out of the nightmare of that whole deal? Yeah, but you know what? The pendulum always swings tough to respond. You have to show that you're doing above and beyond the call of duty to answer a problem like this. You can't right. just you can't just say, well, okay, this is what we will do what we should have been doing. No, you do the most extreme response, and then you lessen it over time, which now the Navy is pretty well lessened it over time. It's All not, right. So, I mean, I it's have... It's not as, as much of a hot-button issue, right? I assume people are more used to dealing with it. Yeah. And don't you think it's because of this that the rest of us have all of this sexual harassment seminars that we have to go through and stuff like that in corporate America now, right? Oh, yeah. Believe me, the Navy, this tailhook thing had a big play in what happens in the real world in America. Well, they described it in the article I was reading. You know, it really started with Anita Hill and the Clarence Thomas thing. Okay. And that that really brought the issue. It, Anita Hill lifted the veil and made this part of the public conversation. And that definitely is something that, as a woman, we should be glad for because that is important. People feel threatened and afraid. So that's not right. Then the Navy Tailhook thing happened a year later. And then ever since then is when we feel, I think, that, Maybe it's gotten a little bit crazy, and the one case that really stuck out was the six-year-old versus Brockton, Massachusetts school district, where this little boy in first grade is accused and expelled from school for sexual harassment because he put his hand underneath a little girl's shirt when they were sitting on the carpet for circle time or whatever. 
And, I mean, that's the extreme craziness of sexual harassment laws. That's was ridiculous. So, ultimately, though, they all went to court about the whole thing, and the boy was exonerated to whatever degree he could be, and given a huge six-figure monetary sum to settle the case and, you know, all, for all of his, his um, stress and, and problems. So, I feel like, you know, we can't... We can't just use common sense in these things. It has to go to the one extreme of don't look at a woman or, you know, kick the kid out of school. We just can't talk about it and make it right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that I mean, that deal with the school. How do we even, how do you even have, what's the quid pro quo? What is the sexual harassment? That would just be normal ass assault, if anything. Yeah, and, but it wasn't any of those things. It was a little kid poking another little kid. <coughs> little kids are inclined to do. Well, I mean, so, how, did, how did that get become sexual harassment? Because there was skin-to-skin -skin contact. But you have to have, I mean, okay, that's, that brings down a thing. I mean, you defined it, but there should be some sort of, I mean, a six-year-old kid can't even think sexually. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to be a sexual being before you can commit sexual harassment, don't you think? I, I Well, I know that when I was a little kid, I was curious, but it wasn't curious like, you know, I want to make babies curious. I didn't even right. know that that's how you made me. I just knew that girls were different. I didn't know why, and I didn't Yeah, even... we weren't aware of what those feelings were if we were even having them. And at six years old, I think that might have even been a little bit young for that. So, yeah, if he was 14 and she was 14, okay, that's a little bit of a different story. But at six, I, I just don't understand. It, it and the fact it... that millions of dollars were spent to settle this case and apologize to this boy, it's just, that's the asinine part of it all. I mean, was that unwanted, right? Isn't that the other thing? It has to be unwanted. Uh, I mean, did the little girl go, he's trying to molest? I mean, who knows? Right, what, who what knows happens? what she said or how I got... Yeah. And, and I know it's hard because we don't have all the specifics. Still, on the surface of it even, it just feels like it's that zero tolerance stuff that doesn't ever work. Mm. You know, zero tolerance on no weapons in school. Meanwhile, your kid can't have a pocket knife or a, or a, a pair of nail clippers or whatever. And it's like, really? That's not That's not okay. Uh, so. I'm sure that there's plenty of girls in high school right now kissing on plenty of guys in high school. And there's, uh, you know, is that sexual harassment? Right, right. Uh, I, mean, I would think not. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> it's wanted. <laughs> Anytime it's wanted and not, yeah. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of Adam Carolla. Uh -huh. And he has a theory that if as a guy you feel like you've been victimized, right? Like these, for example, students who are hit on by their female teachers, the male students. Uh-huh. And, oh. you, and you sue the school. All right, and you get up on the witness stand, and as the defense attorney for the teacher, all I have to ask you is, all right, have you ever whacked off to the thought of what happened to you that day? And if you say yes, then case dismissed, it's thrown out. You cannot whack off and sue for the same offense. Absolutely. That, that's, it, it's not a problem. You're over it if that's the case. You know, I, I will say that there wasn't any teachers in high school, unfortunately, that I was... Uh, attracted to in that way. <laughs> I, mean, I don't remember any situations where it was girl teacher on boy student interaction. I've heard the rumors of the boy teacher on girl student interaction, but uh, you know, I don't even know if those were true. So uh, uh, was there, Oh man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I think that girls had more, there must've been more uh, male teachers that were of, uh, 
of an age where they could be attractive to the ladies that were in school. But I think that most of the female teachers, for the most part, were older at our school. Or just, they weren't, I don't know, They I think, I'm just going to say they're older. And they weren't uh, something that uh, were on the radar for most boys. I was going to say, on a scale of 1 to 10, most of the female teachers were, what, 6 to 7s, not nines and tens is that well, what you're trying to say well i mean they were i mean like who, who was going after mrs reed i mean come on <laughs> Jeez, that's true yeah, said the geriatric set was definitely employed at montclair high school uh, i mean <laughs> no offense or anything but definitely not on my radar is that a thing like you know there's the chubby chasers and there's the what is there an oldie chaser or uh, what would you call that i don't know that was like what what goes after cougar <laughs> yeah, that is a cool. It goes after Cougar. I don't know. We'll, hmm. we'll find out in another ten years, though. Won't yeah. We? <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever I turn into, I'll let you know. <laughs> Tell me well, more. So, do you know people at work or in any works works that yeah. you've done that you think have benefited from playing that sexual harassment game, like women that have used that to their advantage? Hmm. I think. Hmm. Well, I know that there's been um, people having relationships at my work. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a weird thing. As management to hourly or, you know, superior to yes. subordinate? Okay, yeah. And that's it. it that I, as much as it might be exciting to do, I don't believe it belongs in even a civilian workforce, especially in a large corporate structure. You know, right, because I think that when the breakup happens, it becomes a disaster for everybody. You have to work with these people, you know. And it's usually well, it's interesting that you say that because knowing so many people that I that know that work for a giant company that are all entry related, married, dated, divorced, whatever, it does feel like there's a lot of that that happens at work because that's where people spend the majority of their day, right? We oh. spend most of our time with our coworkers if we work in an office type setting like that. So I get it that relationships are going to happen. You're right. That weird minefield that you have to maneuver after the relationship is over is a little bit strange. So especially if it was a manager to a subordinate, I think that would be really tough. I mean, I mean, even in the building that I'm in, there's a guy who dated a girl and then they dated for a couple months. And then for whatever reason they broke up. And so then I, I have to deal with at least one of them, and I see the other one, and uh, it, I think that it's just weird. No, did you know, like, did they publicly announce they were dating, or did they try to do it behind the scenes? Uh, I don't think they didn't, like, make a, you know, an announcement over the announcing circuits. Uh, attention in the building, <laughs> me and her are dating, so... <laughs> They didn't put a notice up in the break room yeah, about please yeah. celebrate our, our new relationship. Right. All right. Well, I guess if you try to keep it discreet, then then you're probably okay. But it, was he the boss or was she the boss? Uh, neither in this case. Okay. So they were sort of laterally right. aligned. Okay. But, but back on our topic, sexual harassment, there doesn't have to be that situation to have sexual harassment. Correct. It's just generally people of power. Generally. But, I mean, yeah. you, it could just be just as much of... Oh, it could well, be some weirdo just leering at you over the cube or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet. Okay, so let's talk about that, though, because in every office environment or, or whatever, and it's not yeah. just Saturday Night Live skit, there's the, the 
super whatever handsome person or woman and then there's sort of the creepy person and we all have that different take on the what we would consider handsome person saying, Oh, you look nice today or the maybe somewhat creepy person saying, Oh, you look nice today and then all of a sudden it's sexual harassment. Have you heard of those instances? Because I've worked in places where that's been a big problem. I haven't to, I, you know, knock on wood, I haven't seen actually any sexual harassment at my office as far as anybody accused of it. Okay. Um, although, I mean, I, I would say that there's about 40% women at my place at the, where I work, maybe 50%. Right. And uh, so I, I could see there being that situation. Right. Um, right. But I don't know. Really, you know, I don't, I, I would hope that it doesn't happen. But I can tell you this, though. It, it, men sit around and talk about the women. And I'm sure that women talk, sit around and talk about the men. I'm sure. Oh, of course. Of course. Of yeah. course. There's a little bit of that. And I think, I don't know, I had a different perspective on this. I've always worked in fields generally male-dominated or whatever, so I feel like I've had inside access to some conversations that I probably shouldn't have. And because of my personality being very open and, mm-hmm. and friendly and definitely not threatening, mm-hmm. I've never been, people have definitely been able to show their bad side as well as their good side to me. Mm-hmm. So I've sat in conference rooms after women leave and the guys go, oh, she's so hot or whatever. Right. And, you know, I don't take any offense to it because whatever, they're just guys. But but it could be taken offense to. It really could. And, and like, I'm always joking. Why doesn't anybody ever say that about me? I would totally love to be harassed. <laughs> <laughs> So, and hell, it would get me a career advancement. I would, you know, I'd offer it up. So, well, okay. Now, now, since since we we're going down this this dark and dusty road. Oh dear. Okay. I mean, come on. Wouldn't it matter though what the guy or looked like that was actually doing the sexual harassment? Well, for someone like me who's so desperate for it, it might not matter. But. No, I'm just joking. I uh, can't. I can't. Um, no, I, I I mean, I don't think I'm going to, A, be sexually harassed at my advanced age, and B, um, there would be, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think I would be more likely to tell them to go stick it up there, whatever, and stand up for myself in that situation. I, I would not be, you know, you don't put baby in a corner, essentially. So, <laughs> I, uh, I don't mean, have those I fears. Mean, I mean, I think that most people have never thought about it, about the idea that what would happen if you had a person that of power who was actually, that you were attracted to, and then they actually did this. And all of a sudden... It'd be the best of both worlds, wouldn't it? I mean, what, what, I mean, what would you, would you like go, hmm, no one will ever know. Yeah. But then would you be, you know, stuck on the train of, okay, it's five o'clock. I got to go to that meeting every day. <laughs> no, know? I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I every, every cloud every, has a silver every, lining, every right? Every day. Every day. <laughs> Take dictation every day. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's horrible. And I'm not trying to downplay the importance of the issue by joking about it or making bad jokes about me about it. But I don't know. I, I I don't know how prevalent it is nowadays for people to not be listened to. I think unfortunately every single accusation is listened to and taken to the eleventh degree, and maybe they don't have to always be. 
because I think there are women who abuse it too, who make make accusations that are completely false because they're pissed off or mad, or maybe they were soliciting advances and got turned out. I think there's a little bit of that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of the situation is that when we talk about sexual harassment, the first thing that people think about is it's only a guy harassing a girl. Right. I but mean, it can't be the other way around. It, 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 there's a possibility. <laughs> you know, and it could also be two um, people of the same sex. Right. I think there's probably – I bet there's more of that that goes unreported than anything else. I would not be surprised. And, I'm, that, yeah. you know, I'm, there could be uh, – well, like I was telling you on the submarine, and sexual harassment doesn't mean that somebody says, well, you give me some sexual pleasure. It means that it could be anything from having sexual – explicit sexual conversations with two – like two guys are having a conversation about what they're planning on doing with their wife when they get back from sea. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy – who doesn't want to hear it is exposed to that conversation. So, the hall so yeah, there's lots of gray areas. Yeah. Uh, you're, you just kind of broke up a little bit there. If you hear, if you can hear me, you can go into. Uh-huh. So I think for people in a world now that are having a problem, Oh, did we fall out? There? We did. Now you're back. Okay. And now you're not. All right, good. If you're in that workplace situation and you ever want to get over it or get through it, I, I think you probably have to say something. Either directly handle it with that with perpetrator or through your management channels. But I would talk to the perpetrator first. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's a trend. Right, and yeah. and that and that is actually the policies that. Uh, and I keep going back to the Navy, but the Navy and so did um, the company I work for, and everywhere I've seen it in, in the corporate world. They kind of mimic that problem resolution system, and that's, sure. that's what they call it. Now, in the military, in the Navy, they did this green light, red light, yellow light behavior thing, but, okay. it's, but it's all the same thing. I mean, they just try to show you what is a behavior, and is this acceptable? Is this kind of gray area, or is this you can keep proceeding with that behavior? You know, right. Like, well, I would say myself that I would probably get a yellow light flashed on me a lot at work or whatever, because I say things off the cuff and my intent is to be funny and nonchalant and clever or whatever. And, and it's probably wildly inappropriate for me to say some of the things I say. So a yellow light would probably just need to be hung around my neck. I think. Well, I I have to tell you, I do not like to be touched by other guys. Okay. I cannot stand it. Okay. Uh, you know, and that is my one pet peeve. But I, that I mean, if if it was a, a a guy touching a girl that way, it'd be sexual harassment. <laughs> well, yeah, you have your navy baggage, so to speak, on those things. So you have that. Yeah. I I don't want to. I mean, there's guys who are just real touchy. You know, everything is like. I'm like. <laughs> You know what? Go 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 hug on somebody else. I'm not I'm not your teddy bear. You have a wide personal space need. I do. I have that bubble and I need it. But if you if, if a gal was doing it to you, you wouldn't be so off put, would you? Um I would be conscious. I would be very conscious of it. So in in general, it's not your thing. And cuz I do that. I reach out and I'll grab somebody's hand or I'll, when I shake hands, I usually shake with both hands and I, it's just what I'm here. Oh, no, no, no. Not like that. Not like that. 
But if, if we were sitting in a meeting at a conference table and you were making a valid point and I'm sitting right next to you, I might grab your wrist and say, that's exactly what I mean, Judd, or you've nailed it exactly. And in an attempt to connect with you because I'm connecting with what you're saying, now that's probably not appropriate, but I do that all the time. And, and, and you know, this will be my double standard. I'm okay. I'm much more okay with women doing that than guys. But you're still not, you're still aware that a gal's touching you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whereas for me, it, it would be a no-brainer to touch you or to touch a lady or to do whatever. I reach out and invade people's personal space all the time. And, 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 so. I'd, go, and I'd go, wow, I just got touched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it's not a bad thing. I'm telling you, this is why I want some. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> well, on that I settle the goal for the week to go out and see how much harassment I can get. I know. <laughs> Be careful out there. It's a, it, it's a, it's a minefield. It is. Or at least I should go out and cross the equator this week. Maybe that might give you some action. You never know. I know. Wow. <laughs> well, should we introduce our new segment? Yes, in- endorsements. Woohoo! Funny because endorsements is sort of a ripoff of another podcast segment uh, name. So I was trying to think of something clever and 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 let you know things we put our thumb up for or something, but I don't know what our thumbs up and in and I don't know <laughs> something there. We have to think of a new name for it. Oh. But bottom line, what we're trying to do with this is every week we want to come up with something that we've experienced, seen, liked, read, watched, whatever, and that we would recommend it to anyone who listens because we know we have about four listeners. Four? Uh, no, I think we have a li- bit more than four listeners. We have more than four, but we know that we know of four. We know, yes, we know you all by name. Right. <laughs> so yeah, do you want to go first with your recommendation, Jen? Oh, oh, sure. oh sure. Uh, my recommendation is Key West, Florida, uh-huh. and I'm not just talking about Fantasy Fest. For those of you who have seen the pictures. <laughs> For those that haven't contacted you directly, uh, that's right. Contact me directly. And you can I would endorse them. the Fantasy Fest <laughs> pictures. Those are fun. There you go. Um, but really, there's a lot to do. If you're looking for a vacation that's a little different, I mean, I just was in Southern California for a couple of days, had a fantastic time. But Key West will offer you something different. Even if you live in Florida, go to the Keys, get a break. It brings history. It has culture, museums, uh, artwork, all sorts of different things to do. If you like fishing, nightlife, fishing, adventure. I mean, the whole thing is down there. So Key West, put it on your list of uh, places to visit. And uh, that's my my recommendation. That's, you have your thumb up this week. Thumbs up on, <laughs> yes, thumbs up. But let me ask you a question. You know everyone says Hawaii is so expensive. Yeah. Um, is Key West expensive like that, or is it relative to what it costs to visit the touristy parts of Florida? Yeah, it's it's relatively inexpensive. And okay. That's it, because you can drive there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's where you cross that big bridge, right? Yeah. How long is that bridge? Seven miles. Wow. I'm a little bridge of focus. That was freaked me out, I think. It's, you know, it's more of a causeway than a bridge. Okay. But you, you're over the water the whole time, right? Yeah, but you can yeah. see land. All right. It's, you know, unlike, because I've crossed a number of bridges. Have you ever heard of the Chesapeake Bay Tunnel Bridge? I have not. Well, there's a bridge that is in Virginia that actually is over the mouth of the open ocean between Delaware and Virginia. 
Okay. And it actually goes under the Chesapeake Bay. So that's it's a tunnel. Yeah, and it's a tunnel bridge, and you actually you drive, and then all of a sudden you see like this little mountain. Yeah. And, and there's a tunnel, and there's like an opening to a tunnel, and you go down in underneath the ocean. Wait. Yeah, and then you come up somewhere else, and then you're like right. So next if you're bridgephobic, claustrophobic, that would be a double whammy for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, go. Good to know. I would definitely plan to go to Key West, and I may go to Key West Fantasy Fest next year. So watch out on the website for the pictures. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, then I'll be okay. there for sure next year. That's right. That's yeah, you got to be there to do camera. Uh-huh. Um. So my sum up this week is for my Lindora plan. I've been doing Lindora diet, which is sort of a Southern California-based business, but I'm sure probably every state has something similar to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the general idea behind it is a very high-protein carbohydrate diet. It's for anyone who has, you know, 20 or more pounds to lose. I'm sure if you had less to lose, you could still do it, but it seems very extravagant just to lose that little amount of weight. But it's healthy. It's medically monitored. We're getting a diet that's sort of described to us with somewhat of our food, a little bit of their food. It can be expensive, although I was gracious to receive, um, receive the program as a gift from a friend. So I know about all the costs. I've been very lucky that way. But I do know there are costs associated with it. But either way, it's, it's been great for me. For someone who struggled with that last 20 to 40 pounds, it's really been a great thing. And I've been doing it for eight days now, and I'm down eight pounds. So I definitely have to endorse good old-fashioned Lindora. So we'll see next week how I'm doing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely be asking more about that. So, oh, yeah. So there we go. We got two great uh, recommendations. Some, right. uh, you know, I don't know. We're, we'll definitely have to come up with a name for this segment. <laughs> we're we're going to have other segments too, right? Yes. Well, we also need your judgment segment. Yes. I really want you to do an opinion piece or something where you can be completely judgmental. Judgmental. Okay. Some I, sort of topic. I, I'm going to work on that for next next week. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, shall we wrap it up? I guess so. All right. Well, for TJ Talks, I am Judd. And I'm Teresa. And we will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Have you ever whacked off to the thought of what happened to you that day? And if you say yes, then case dismissed. It's thrown out. You can't.